Welcome to a podcast from the Food and Drink Federation Scotland. FDF Scotland is the membership body for Scottish food and drink manufacturers. We represent and support our members on the issues that are important to them. Hi, I'm Harriet Heath. I am part of the Reformulation for Health team in FDF Scotland. I'm joined today with the Reformulation for Health manager, Joanne Burns, and we're going to talk through the process of reformulation. You might already be familiar with the reasons why manufacturers are reformulating their products, but if not, I would invite you to listen to a previous podcast that can be found on the website in which Joanne discusses this in more detail. Would you like to give us a quick summary, Joanne, for anybody who isn't familiar? Yes, in our previous podcast, we explored the drivers and reasons for food businesses wishing to reformulate in Scotland. Much of this data was backed up from some research we did with Levercliffe um, during the pandemic, where we explored the consumer and also the business perceptions and attitudes to reformulation. What was very interesting was we found that 89% of Scottish consumers have a health goal, and this is often reflected in the food that they purchase, whether they're actively exploring lower fats, lower salt or lower sugar alternatives. But what was also um, very, very interesting was the fact that 76% of Scottish consumers said that their perception of a food business who chose to reformulate to make their products healthier would stay the same or improve. And 73% said they would buy the same, if not more, of a product if it was reformulated. And the reason that this is so important and why we, we chose to make sure we highlighted this in the previous podcast is that there's a great deal of business drivers around at the moment for businesses who choose to deformulate, whether that is the Public Health England sugar and calorie reduction targets, which are also enforced across Scotland as a UK-wide goal. But it's also important because it can encourage businesses to choose to reformulate to meet those targets, as well as many others that are um, in operation at the moment, including the salt reduction targets for 2024. And also, if maybe businesses are choosing to grow their business into different areas, such as schools provision, where there's a new set of nutritional targets, or also if they're looking at front of pack labelling or health claims targets. Now, I'm aware that this might sound very confusing, and I've just thrown lots of um, phrases at you but that is why Harry and I are here so if anyone does wish to explore any of these targets and how they can influence their business and their products that's what we're here to help with and to, to cut through a lot of the difficult areas for you. So once you've decided to reformulate what's next? Well that's where we come in. Although we are based within FDF we're actually funded by the Scottish Government and as such our support is absolutely free and you don't need to be a member of the FDF to access it. So get in touch and we can get the ball rolling for you. Joanne, what's the first conversation that you would typically have with a manufacturer about reformulation? Um, I would probably say that the very first conversation we would have with any manufacturer when it comes to reformulation is that we are firstly here to offer a bespoke service. There's no one size fits all solution to reformulation. So we would start with their original product and it's very important to understand that with reformulation, it's, it's altering an existing product, not necessarily new product development. So we would start off looking at their existing product. And then if they have current nutritional data for that product, we would then look at that along with the ingredients that are used 
and review various options um, that could be used to improve the health of the product. And that might be through reduction of a certain ingredient or a certain nutrient, or it might be about replacement um, as well. It's not just about um, reducing certain products. We do sometimes look at replacing those with um, healthier alternatives. Then the next step would normally be looking at benchmarking products. It's very important to compare the size and the nutrient profile of products against similar items on the market. And again, as Harriet's emphasised, um, we are here to help with that. And we do have a kind of benchmarking tool that we can um, give to you to start collating some of that data. And then really, then we get into the nitty gritty of it. Then we look at um, creating an action plan for each business. And that's done in partnership with the food business, because obviously it's any changes have got to be commercially viable to the business that's hoping to make some changes. So we work in partnership with a business to look at a, an action plan and focus their time and resources um, in the areas that will have the highest impact and change. And I think what's nice about us being within the FTF is that we can really have our finger on the pulse of what's happening within the food industry. So importantly, we will be able to benchmark where your nutritionals lie against the future PHE calorie targets and the salt targets. One thing I also like to do is, as well as looking at the health credentials of the product, to see if there are any achievable nutritional claims, such as high protein, that we would be able to access through reformulation. It's important to us as well that we do what we can to boost the reformulation potential for your product. Yes, I'd absolutely echo what Harriet was saying there about um, health claims and front of pack labelling. For many businesses, having a health claim in the front of pack or having all green and amber um, labelling for their product really helps them stand out from their competitors. And that's where the benchmarking stage comes into its own because you can see what some of your competitors are claiming. And then if there's the option by slightly increasing the fibre of your product or slightly reducing the fat to allow you to make a health claim. It really helps your product stand out against your competitors and can be a great driver for, for reformulating products. So once we've agreed what we want to achieve, we would then move to the eight principles of reformulation that are going to help us get there. These include the reduction of fat, sugar and salt, the reduction of calories and portion size, enriching the product with additional fibre, fruit and vegetables, seeking opportunity to use healthier ingredient alternatives and providing clear consumer information on portion size with healthy cooking and serving suggestions. Yes, much of our work within the Reformulation for Health programme in Scotland is based around the eight key principles of reformulation. The reason that we have named much of our work Reformulate is to highlight to businesses that reformulation is not simply about reducing fat, salt and sugar, which historically is what many businesses think reformulation means. But our eight principles, yes, they do cover reducing fat, salt and sugar and portion size and calories. But we also look at positive nutrition methods. We also look at increasing fibre content of foods and we look at increasing the percentage of fruit and vegetable contents within foods, as well as looking at using alternative, healthier ingredient options and the consumer messaging it's used on packaging. So if a product is, is wrapped as a singular item, is that one portion or is that two portions? How should a product be cooked? What serving suggestions as manufacturers are we advising consumers to, to serve that product with? So there's lots of subliminal messages um, that we can we can help put on packaging to encourage consumers to, to make their meals healthier. 
Just as we're talking about the eight key principles of our reformulate work, what I would like to highlight, as I said earlier, there's no one size fits all, but much the same with the eight principles. We would expect most projects to pick more than one area to focus on. So a reformulation project, for example, may involve reducing fat and sugar, which obviously then involves a reduction in calories. And they may also look to explore using a a healthier replacement ingredient that might increase the fibre content. In fact, Harriet, were you not working with a business recently that was involved in a project similar to this? Yeah, so we've we've been working with an ice cream manufacturer um, looking to reduce the overall calorie content of the product. Because ice cream is very rich in fat and sugar, we looked to review the functionality and calorie contribution from these ingredients. There are some amazing ingredient alternatives available, like inulin and isolated starches. They're clean label and they can replicate the bulk and the functionality of both sugar and fat. So by using something like this in your product, then you have the potential to tick off multiple principles of the reformulation framework. You can reduce the fat, you can reduce the sugar, you can reduce the calories at the same time as increasing the fibre content of the product. Fantastic. And did you come across any challenges when you were doing that project in terms of reducing some of the nutrients? Yes, it's not unfortunately as easy as just removing a portion of one ingredient. Uh, You would obviously lose the functionality, but also per 100 grams of product, it would increase the content of the other nutrients just by ratios. So if I just took out some of the sugar by ratios, I would cause an increase in the salt, uh, the fat and the saturated fat per 100 grams. So again, to the ice cream project, we did a paper exercise to see the nutritional impact of swapping out some of the high fat ingredients to bring the saturated fat from red to amber. One of the avenues that we explored for this did work, but while we had reduced the saturated fat, we actually brought the sugar up from an amber to red. So this option obviously wasn't taken any further, but it just goes to show how complex some reformulations can be. So if you are trying to reformulate your product yourself and you feel like you're struggling, don't go through it alone. Get in touch. That's what Joanne and I are here to help you with. I think that's a really good thing to highlight because sometimes people think if I reduce my sugar by 10%, that that will then have a 10% reduction in the final nutritional profile of the product, which obviously it doesn't because then the other percentages have to increase. And as much as we're taking out, we're also putting back in. So I would highlight the impact of having the enrichment phase over two of the reformulation principles with increasing fibre and fruit and veg content separately. This often gets overlooked in reformulation, as Joanne has said, people associate it with just removing things from food. For example, one might increase the whole grain content of the product, consider the product to be enriched and leave it there. But if you move to look for opportunities to add fruit and veg, then you can gain the associated health benefits with anthocyanins and vitamins, and the variety of different types of fibre. And importantly for the brand, it might just bring you up to the threshold to make a high fibre claim, for example, that only adds to the appeal of your product to the consumer. 
So unfortunately, because of the functionality and the volumes in which fat and sugars are used within products, you can't just remove them or reduce them. It's not the same story with salt. The UK food industry has removed literally millions of kilograms of salt from the population's diet and it can just be reduced over time, allowing time for the consumer's palate to adjust and then a further reduction could be made. This is something that manufacturers can do very simply. Reviewing your salt content, finding a reduced level, which is acceptable to yourselves and your consumer. Leave it at this level for a while. And then after a period of time, you can do the same process, allowing consumers palates to adjust without having a big impact necessarily on the taste and quality of your brand. Joanna's done lots of work with ingredients manufacturers Developing lower sodium or lower salt blends for many ingredients, especially within the butchery sector. So it may be the case that if you get in touch with your supplier, your supplier may actually have a lower sodium, lower salt alternative to what you're currently using. And that could be a straightforward swap out for you. So the complexity of your reformulation will vary based on your product matrix and the ingredients that you're looking to amend. Yes, Harriet, you're absolutely right that by working with ingredient suppliers, we can create maximum impact and maximum change across the food supply chain in Scotland. By working with an ingredient manufacturer to reformulate one or two of their top selling products, Obviously, that is going to have a much larger knock-on effect to all the the businesses that that use that product rather than working with individual sites. So one area of the food sector that we've seen quite a lot of success in has been the butchery trade in Scotland. So, yes, we work and engage with high street butchers and meat and butchery manufacturers. But what we decided to do quite early on in the project was to ensure maximum impact, maximum improvement of dietary health of people in Scotland, we decided to take a step back and work with some of the ingredient manufacturers that supply into Scotland and work with them to look at some of their top selling products and to look at how we can make some of these products healthier to meet some of the eight challenges that we discussed before. So we've been working with many of the most popular butchery ingredient companies to create a range of healthier, lower salt, higher fibre seasonings that can be used in commonly purchased products in Scotland, such as sausages and burgers. And I'm also delighted to say that we're actually starting a project with a Scottish-based ingredient company where we're looking at Scottish favourites. So they're looking to create a range of healthier Scottish favourites, such as some of our savoury pastry items, such as Scotch pies and sausage rolls and, and lawn sausage, and to try to take some steps to make these commonly consumed products healthier. So we are working upstream with that by engaging with some butchers to trial some of these products and to encourage Scottish consumers to, to trial them and get some feedback on that. And I would say the programme actually carries extra benefits from the network that Joanne has built up. I think the network itself means that we're able to act as connectors between different stakeholders within the reformulation web, which sometimes is all the support that people need. We have some fantastic food science institutions in Scotland, and the relationship that we have with these means that we've been able to help food science students who are just weeks away from being qualified secure work placements with manufacturers, essentially giving the manufacturer a free food technologist to work on their reformulation. 
One of my favourite things that the project has done is to host online upskilling events in partnership with Queen Margaret University. Joanne, do you want to tell us a bit more about these? Yep, absolutely, Harriet. And it was one of my favourite things to do as well. I think I think everyone got something out of the upskilling events. Back when we started the project, we always decided to look at any area of work from the perception of the food business. So why should I reformulate? How do I reformulate? Who's going to help me? And so we really thought that how do I reformulate was the most important question that we answered. So after speaking to many food businesses, we realised that there was maybe a gap in knowledge and skills and where to go for help and what should what should they be doing. So we linked up with Queen Margaret University and also received funding through the Scottish Food and Drink Opportunities Fund to create two upskilling events to support the bakery industry in Scotland to make their products healthier. We hosted two separate training events. So one um, was based on sweet bakery products and the second session was based on pastry products, both sweet and savoury and how to make them healthier. Again, when we look, when we link back to the how do I reformulate and who's going to help me? We decided that instead of just us speaking to industry about the, the science and the figures behind reformulation, that it was really important that we also engaged ingredient manufacturers to come along to the session as well to showcase the solutions that they already have, how to use them in a practical setting, and then the final impact that by using some of these healthier clean label alternatives, what, the, what change that would have on the end product. So it was really beneficial. We had approximately 80 manufacturers registered for the event and they came from a range of backgrounds, including large scale bakery manufacturers to high street bakers and public sector caterers as well, who were all looking to reformulate to meet separate challenges. Some of them, as we mentioned earlier, were looking to create health claims around the products, whereas some maybe wanted to explore healthier bakery techniques to meet the new food and drink in schools guidance that comes into effect in Scotland later on this year. Another way that we've been able to really practically support manufacturers is by giving access to the Reformulate Challenge Fund. We have been able to award financial support to manufacturers to support them on their reformulation process. This can be spent on anything from laboratory testing to labelling to helping you set up the new packaging to support your reformulated product. I would urge any manufacturers listening to follow us on LinkedIn or get in touch with the programme to be notified of any future funding opportunities. Yes, the Reformulate Fund, Harry, I think, as as you said, was a great pilot project that we launched at the start of this year to support industry, as you said, with those kind of associated costs of reformulation that many people kind of forget about. As as you say, it's all that additional cost in testing or in packaging and, and even just the time and resource to, to do recipe trials and, and consumer testing to make sure that the, the new products are viable for them. For them to make. So yes, as Harriet said, please keep your eye out on LinkedIn and keep in contact with us because hopefully we will be able to relaunch that later on this year. And it was so successful. We were we were massively oversubscribed to what we um, anticipated. And I'm delighted to say that we've actually got 19 businesses that we're actively moving forward on a reformulation project with. Um, and there's a, a wide variety of businesses we're working with, isn't there, Harriet? Oh, absolutely. And just as reformulation is so varied and so different, the businesses that we're engaged with at the moment are so varied. And it just goes to show that reformulation is accessible to so much of the food industry. Yeah, I think I think that's really key, Harriet. A lot of people hear the word reformulation 
and just think, oh my goodness, what does that mean to me? I don't even know what that means. But it's just a very simple process of looking at your ingredients, working with us to see if there are some small changes can be made that will make a big difference to the health of your of your product. And it's just a case of picking up the phone or, or sending us an email and we can we can start these discussions. And even if you just want to ask a few initial questions, then we're here for that as well. And, and then we can make the decision to, to move forward with any projects. And just as we were discussing that it's important just to get in touch and we can we can start looking at your projects. It's also important to to mention that reformulation is very different for everyone. And just as the same as consumers look at each product in a different light. So you may choose health by stealth. You might choose not to put a, a health claim or front of labelling pack on your product or to um, kind of denote on your counters that this product has been made healthier. That is purely up to you and your own business and your own consumers. Some people wish to reformulate slowly and gradually behind the scenes, whereas others will choose to highlight any changes made to their consumers. But again, that is up to you and we will we will talk through that and we will develop that when we're doing the action plan with you. Absolutely. I think every reformulation that we look at is dealt with as a standalone. Every business is different. Every category is different and every product is different. And we will always work to what is important to that manufacturer and that brand. Well, thanks for listening. I hope you've been able to take something away from this podcast. Joanne and I are here to take your calls and emails, so get in touch for more information on anything that we've covered today. Remember, our support is absolutely free and open to everyone. Thanks for listening to this podcast from FDF Scotland. You can find out more about our work and if you are a food and drink business, how to join us at www.fdfscotland.org.uk.